Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. So good. Uh, so good. Well, here's what I want to do this morning. I want to talk to you. Uh, the title of today's message is Searching for God. Searching for God. And what I really want to talk to you about this morning is I want to talk to you about seeking God. Like... Being the sort of person who is on the hunt for God. Uh, We've been doing a little tiny series here in the vineyard for the last few weeks. And it's really been been about devotion to God. And in devotion, what we mean is like love. But we also mean something like allegiance or loyalty to God. And today I want to... I want to continue that theme, but I, I want to talk about like seeking out and looking for God. Like one of the things we began this series with is we started with that passage in James where James gives us this wonderful promise where he says, if you'll draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And we want to, we want to dig into that just a little bit this morning. And we want to talk about uh, looking for God and, and searching for God. And I guess I want to start here. Uh, I want to begin with this, that human beings are searching creatures. Uh, we're looking and we're searching for all kinds of things. Uh, some people in this room are looking for friends. And some people in this room are looking for a mate. And if you want to find a mate, you, you got to go to first and second service sometimes. You, know, you just, I mean, you know, maybe you're a first person, first service person, and your mate is at second service. I mean, I just want to throw that out there. Just. could happen. Also, change your seat occasionally. You know, just come to another section. Like, he might be right there. Who knows? Also, get out of kids' church. Can't marry anybody over there, you know? Start going to young adult. Go to Emily and Dusty's house. What are you doing, guys? You know, I'm trying to help you. But maybe you're looking for a mate. Like some of you are looking for friends. Some of you are looking for a mate. Uh, some, of you are, some of you are like looking for a new house, you know, trying to find a house. And the, and the interest rates are 8% or whatever, you know, and nobody's dropped their housing prices. And nobody's going to drop their housing prices either because they all have 3% loans and they're not going to sell. You know, it's like we're just on the search, aren't we? Everybody's always looking for something. Some of you are looking for new jobs or you know, you just realized the other day that you needed a new career. You know, you're like, oh, I, I, I got to make a move in my life. And I'm, I'm looking for something new. But today what I want to do is I want to talk to us about seeking after God. And I want to invite us uh, to really begin to investigate this. And really, the only thing I want to do this morning, I have a very, very simple message. The only thing I want to do is I just want to stir a little hunger and invite you to consider seeking God again in maybe a way that you haven't done for a while. Uh, there's something kind of stirred up around the vineyard here, and I've just been noticing it for a while. Uh, when we think about seeking God, uh, sometimes we, we seek God when we need an answer. You know, maybe you have found that you're in a hard place in your life, and you're like, man, I, gotta, I need an answer. Well, that's, that's good. Seek God when you need an answer. You know, it would be dumb not to, right? I mean, he has some answers. You should ask him. 
And then sometimes when, sometimes when we seek God, uh, we're seeking God only because there's like external pressure, you know? There's something happening in our life and we're like, oh, I should turn back to God. That's good. Do that. And then sometimes we seek God during a special season in our life. But today what I want to do is just reinvite the whole church. I want to reinvite the whole church to, to search for God. How many of you have ever heard this little maxim? Keep the main thing the main thing. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah. You know, you know one of the important things in life is keep the main thing the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. And, and, and part of what I do, I don't know about you, but part of what I do is I get distracted by other things. Do you ever notice that? Like you just look up one day and you're like, man, I'm giving my whole life to these things and I don't even like any of them. You know, all of a sudden my days get filled with things that are trivial or unimportant or my days get filled up with things that are not the thing that I know that I was made for or was put here for. And, and so sometimes what we have to do is we have to go back and go, you know what? I need to keep the main thing the main thing. Sometimes I get weighed down by secondary things. Uh, here's one of the things I've noticed about my life. I can't care about everything. I believe that's true of you as well. Nobody in the room can care about everything and nobody can pursue everything. And so what I want us to do this morning is I just want to invite us back uh, this morning here at the vineyard to pursuing the main thing. Hey church, why don't we keep the main thing, the main thing. And I, I just want to put up one little text this morning. We'll bounce around a little bit, but I want to put up one text from Proverbs. Um, I've been living in this verse for a good minute. This has been my little personal devotional verse for a while. Here's what the Lord says in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. He says, I love all who love me, and those who search will surely find me. What a great promise this morning. I love all who love me, and those who search for me will surely find me. This is one of those great promises in the Bible. And by the way, some of the best promises in the Bible center on seeking God. Uh, we saw it in James. If you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And here today, there's another promise. And right in the midst of this verse about searching for God, there's actually two promises. I hope you see that. There's actually two promises uh, in this verse. Uh, the first promise in this verse is the promise of divine love. If you love God, you're going to get the love of God. It's the promise of divine love. No one has to live one day separated from divine love. And then the second promise in this verse is that if you search for God, you will find God. I don't know about you, but I try not to promise things I can't deliver. You know, one of the things they'll teach you in leadership, under promise, over deliver. Uh, and if you really want to mess up relationships, just make a bunch of promises you can't keep. And there's another name for that called getting married. <laughs> however, however, one of the things uh, that I found is my wife is a very, very kind woman. But outside of that, what I try not to do is make a bunch of promises that I can't keep because it really really messes up relationships. And here's what we see in this verse. We see that God is making promises to us and the promises of experiencing his love and his presence, finding him. And by the way, this is a really, really consistent theme all through the Bible. It's not just in this one verse. It's also in Deuteronomy. There it is. Chapter four, verse 29 says this, but from there, 
you will search again for the Lord your God. And look at this. If you search for him with all your heart and soul, you'll find him. And then there's a really famous verse in Jeremiah 29, verse 13 says this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's a bunch of other promises like this, and they're all over the scripture. Uh, What we see is that God invites us to search him out. And I want you to notice a couple things here. Uh, Number one, we're promised to find him if we look. And here's what that tells me. God's not hiding all that hard. He's he's trying to be obvious, you know, because he wants to make promises that he can keep. And if he's inviting you to look for him, part of what he's saying is, I'm kind of out here in the open, guys. You know, look for me and you'll find me. But the second thing that I hope you noticed from these last two verses in particular is that it's something like this, that the promise to search for God is the invitation to wholeheartedness. Can we put the Deuteronomy verse back up? It's, it's the invitation to wholeheartedness. Look, look at verse 29. He says, if you search for him, what? With all your heart and with all your soul, you'll find him. And then back to Jeremiah. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. Uh, this, the invitation to search for God, it's ultimately an invitation to live from your whole heart. Uh, I don't know about you, but, but living with, with your whole heart, it's a, it's a, it's a tremendous feeling. Have you, ever, have you ever pursued anything with your whole heart? Have you ever lived, lived wholeheartedly in any way? In fact, one of the things I know about this is, is that this is what it means to be a fully alive human. A fully alive human is a wholehearted human. Uh, another word might be passion. Might be passion. So the, the invitation to come and search for God is actually the invitation to live with passion in your life. And one of the things that everybody in this room I know is wanting is you want to live wholeheartedly towards something. You want to live with passion. Now, let me talk to the young people for a minute. When you're young, when you're young, passion comes easy. You ever notice that? You feel all the feelings. You feel all the feelings. Uh, I remember being 17, and there's this amazing thing about being 17. Uh, When you're 17, you literally feel everything at like 11. Everything. Like the joy is 11, the pain is 11. The anger and the angst is 11. The love is 11. Everything's 11. And then this thing happens over time. Uh, You grow up, you mature, your hormones settle down. And then, you know, you just learn how to level out. And honestly, leveling out can be pretty good. It helps you make it in this world. I've punched a lot less people. No joke. Yeah, you know, it's a real thing. Yeah, when I was 17, I was living at 11, you know, and I was at Robert's Landscaping, and this guy popped off to me, and I hit him with a shovel. You know, it's just, I've hit a lot of less people with a shovel, you know, and it's really good. But here's what I want to tell you about, about being a young person and living with passion. I want, this is what I want to tell you this morning. I, I, want, I, want you to inv- I want to invite you this morning to search for God. Like, One of the things that you absolutely should be doing when you're young and when passion is on the surface is you should be directing it to God and you should should be searching for God. If you're a young person, 
You have to search for God when you're young. Do not waste youthful energy pursuing only other things. Here's what I want to tell everybody who's young in the room. Don't just look for a career. Do not only look for a career. Look for God. Do not only look for a mate. Look for God. Search for God. Uh, live with a unified heart towards God. Seek him out. Seek him out in the Bible and seek him out in prayer. Like when I was younger, I devoured the Bible. I devoured the Bible. I lived, there was a season in my life where you just, you just have less responsibility when you're young as well. It's a gift. Listen, it's a gift. One of the things you want to do when you're young, before your life is loaded down with tons of commitments, is you want to devour the Bible and you want to devour prayer and you want to search for God because your passions are on the surface and you need to direct that energy somewhere. Do not only look for a mate. Do not only look for a career. Do not only look for a good time. Search for God. Search for God. I want to tell you something about some things that happened here when we were in our 20s. Here at the vineyard. When we were in our 20s here at the vineyard, and it wasn't just a few of us, there was a big group of us. We searched for God. Like one of the reasons this place is the way it is is because, because a few years ago, there was a group of people in their 20s who were wholehearted towards God and they pointed their whole life toward him. Let me just tell you what that looked like. Uh, we would regularly, and by regularly, I mean quite often, we would just stay up all night worshiping and praying. All night. Like the, the prayer chapel at Lindsay Wilson, it was ours. It was completely ours. We would go, we would go at midnight and stay till six in the morning. And I want to tell you, it's a gift. It will change you. And some of the reason that this church is here today and some of the reason why it is what it is, you know, like sometimes people are like, oh, the vineyard's a little different. What is that? Here's, I'll tell you, it, this is one thing that it is. It's not the only thing, but here's one thing. Uh, a few years ago, there was a big group of people who were in their 20s and they pointed their youthful passion towards the Lord. They weren't just searching for mates or careers or a good time or distractions. They were looking for God. And let me tell you something. We found him. Not one time, but we found him over and over and over. Uh, if you're young in this room, I just want to invite you to look for God. Like you might think you're looking for something else. What you're really looking for is you're looking for God. It's wholehearted passion. Feels awesome to live wholeheartedly. Some of you know what I'm talking about and you've actually lost wholeheartedness. And I want to invite you back to being wholehearted again. Like don't get wholehearted about things that don't matter right? Like get wholehearted about the main thing. Uh, maybe you're older. I want to talk to older folks in the room. Here's what I want to say to older folks in the room. And I can say this to older folks because I am one and you'll know I am one because my beard is gray. <laughs> I, am, I am 45 years old and I have a Santa Claus beard. How did this happen? I don't feel like Santa Claus. I still feel like I'm 17 but I look 187 years old. Well, here's what I want to say to older folks in the room. You need to seek the Lord with passion as well. And, and you need to stir up wholeheartedness again. And, and I just want to say to older folks, I know why it slips. You have more on your plate. You know, one of the gifts of being 18 
is you don't have anything to do. Like nobody really needs anything from you. You know, maybe you go to Kroger, you got a job or something, or, or maybe you got like a part-time gig down at the boat dock in the summer. That's great. You got like a million hours during the week where you just do whatever. I understand, like it's easier to be wholehearted towards God when you're 18. And it is harder when you're a little bit older because there's just more happening. You got a real job. You have real responsibility. Uh, and if you have a real job and real responsibility, you also have real trouble. I just want to say to every older folk in, in here, I understand it. Like you have, you have trouble in your life. Uh, to everybody who's young, one day you will have real troubles in your life. It's, it just happens, right? It's part of the calculus. Uh, not only that, but once you get older, if you've lived for a minute, you, you might even have real disappointments. You know, maybe, maybe you were wholehearted toward God and Maybe you thought it was going to go one way and it's turned out a different way and maybe that's been somewhat disappointing. Listen, I get it. Uh, you will not get to 50 without disappointments. You will not get to 70 without regrets. It just happens. That's the way it works. And I understand it can like tamp things down, you know? Uh, it can take some of that energy and, and mellow it. Or, or maybe it doesn't take the energy and mellow it. Maybe it actually makes you cynical. Can I tell you something? I've been cynical. I've been cynical about all kinds of things, up to and including church. I know, I know all of this stuff. Uh, age, not only that, here's what I know about older age. Uh, getting older just means you know stuff, you know? Like people can't, you know, once you get to a certain age, you're like, nobody can fool me anymore. Like I know when you're trying to sell me. Like I know, I see through this smoke and mirror. I know what this is. And so a kind of cynical wisdom can sit in. And here's what I also know about being older. Sometimes we take a little bit of pride in having cynical energy, you know? Uh, sometimes we take pride in cynical wisdom. We're like, oh, I know what this is. Can't fool me. Here's why you can't fool me, because I'm smart and I'm old, you know? <laughs> that sounded like Norm MacDonald, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But here's what I want to say to the older people in the room. You need to live with wholehearted energy towards God again. How long has it been since you let yourself live from a place of passion about the thing in life that actually really matters? How long? How long? Uh, here's the other thing I want to say about getting older. Uh, you don't lose your passions. They just oftentimes change. They morph. Here's some things that older people get, get passionate about. Careers. Older people get like super stoked on their career. You know, climb the ladder, climb the ladder. But as Rich Nathan says, what happens if you get to the top of the ladder and find out it's, it's against the wrong wall? Like, what if you've put the ladder in the wrong place and you're at the top? Like older people get stoked about careers. Older people get stoked about growing businesses. Here's another thing that older people get stoked about. Eating plans and nutrition. Here's my new diet that I'm going to change like, I'm going to talk to you about nonstop, you know? That's another thing. Uh, I've done it. What do we, what do we, uh, got quiet in here all of a sudden, right? Older people, older people get passionate about fitness. Older people get passionate about marathons. Let me tell you about my new hobby, you know? Older people get, get passionate about playing golf for like 78 hours a week, you know? I mean, by the way, everybody needs a hobby. Like, I have 10. I'm the king of hobbies. I am an, in my soul, I'm an enthusiast. 
I don't get into something 10%. I get all the way in and I know more about it than you. Like, I know, I know, but this is what older people do. And now let me just say to older folks in the room, like your career, your eating plan, your nutrition, your fitness, marathons, all the hobbies, those are great, but they're not the main thing. And they are often misplaced stand-ins for our real desire to search for God. Like one of the ways, one of the ways we deal with our actual human hunger to search for God is to get a hobby that we could attain. But I want to invite young and old this morning to live wholeheartedly towards God. Because it's the main thing. But also, I just want you to know there's some benefits too. I want to read Psalm 34, verse 10 to you. I love this. It says, The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. There's benefits to seeking God. Uh, The main benefit to seeking God is that you'll find God. But there's other things promised as well. Things like no good thing. You'll find what? Goodness. You'll find goodness. And in the context of these weak and hungry lions, uh, part of what this psalm is pointing out is if you'll seek the Lord, there'll be provision There'll be goodness. There'll be enough in your life. There'll be be no lack in your life. And how many of you know that lions are not a joke? Lions are not a joke. Uh, Lions are actually really good at finding and catching food. You know? Anybody ever seen like a real lion? And I'm not talking about the ones at the Louisville Zoo. Those things are so medicated. They're not even real lions anymore. Like that shouldn't even be allowed. You know, that poor lion, when he comes out, they give him like six Dramamine and then they turn him out. They have to, by the way, because if they didn't give that lion six Dramamine, he'd jump over that wall. (laughs) Yeah, like my kids would be a snack, right? Lions are not a joke. They're really good at finding and catching food. Uh, Lions dominate their environment. Nothing dominates a lion and they can enforce their will on everything around them. Their pure strength and pure power. But here's what the psalmist says. Uh, Even pure strength and power has its limits, which is another way of saying this, that even worldly dominance has an end and even being made for a thing, even being in the right place at the right time doesn't always ensure the outcomes we're looking for. Even the lions go hungry, even the lions go hungry, but those who seek God will lack no good thing. Seek God and anticipate goodness in your life. That's the invitation this morning. Like live with wholeheartedness again, because if you do, you'll lack no good thing. I mean, Jesus says it this way. If you seek first the kingdom and how many of you know, you can't seek first the kingdom without seeking the king. Everything gets added to you, right? Like everything you think you're going to lose somehow comes back around. Here's the last thing I want to say to us this morning. Look to Jesus. Uh, Some of us might be wanting to know what it means to seek God or how to do that. And of course it has to do with having a life in the Bible and prayer. Like that's just basic discipleship. Like everybody in here needs a life in the Bible. Everybody in the room needs a scripture soaked imagination. Uh, Everybody in the room needs some kind of a life 
in prayer. You know, and if you don't know what to do, like do this. Take out your phone even before this message is over and just, just Lectio 365, y'all. Like it's really, just do that. Like you don't even have to do anything else. Just do that. Get a life in prayer. Uh, get a life in the scriptures. Some of us are wanting to know what to do, but I, here's what I would say more than anything else. I would say look to Jesus and center everything on him. And here's the good news for us this morning, in case you thought I was just going to preach uh, uh, the gospel of try harder. <laughs> because I am not. Uh, here's what I want to say to you about seeking God. Like, look to Jesus. And the really, really good news is this. That in the end, in the end, the best news is that Jesus is looking for you. Okay? So here's the, here's the good news. Like, search for God. That's, that's decent news. But the best news is that God is always on the hunt for you. And if you want to know what to read this week, just read, read Luke chapter 15. We've talked about it a couple times in this series already. Uh, Jesus tells these three stories, back to back to back. And the first story he tells is this, that there was this shepherd who lost the sheep. He had a hundred, he lost the sheep, and he went out and he found the one. Like, super bad farmer, because anybody else would be fine with a 1% loss. But guess who's not fine with a 1% loss? God. So he goes and looks for the one lost sheep, you know? And then the next story is there's this lady who had some coins and she loses a coin and she tears the house apart trying to find the coin. And when she does, she runs out and tells her neighbors, hey, I found my coin. And everybody's like, yes, she found her coin, you know? Yeah, and, and, and the story is the same story. It's like maybe you or I would be, maybe we're okay with losing a coin. I mean, it's a coin. Like it's behind the couch. I'm not moving the couch. The bingles are on. I'm not moving the couch. You know, but God is not like that. God will move the couch even when the bingles are on to go get the coin. And here's why he'll do that because the coin is you, you know? And then he tells the final story, which is about losing a son. And there's this father, he's got a couple sons and one's like, dad, give me my inheritance, which is just another way of saying, I wish you were dead, you know, because nobody gets their inheritance early. Dad, I wish you were dead. Just give me what's coming to me. And the dad does. And the kid goes off and lives wild. He squanders all of his money. And finally, he's in a pigsty. So he's like, this is super bad. And especially if you're a Jew, this is like the worst thing ever. All of a sudden, you're eating what the pigs eat, you know? And that's like double unclean, double unclean. And then one day, the kid in the pig slop comes to his senses. He's like, you know what? I should just go back home because even my father's servants eat better than this. And so he takes off and he goes back home. And the Bible says that his father goes out and looks every day on the horizon. Is he coming home today? And then one day he does come home and the father runs out and embraces him. And he throws a big party and he kills the fattened calf, puts a ring on his finger and a robe around his shoulders. I mean, like this is literally maybe the best story in the whole Bible. And it's the best story because the meaning is something like this. God's looking for you. God is looking for you. So I want to invite you this morning to live wholeheartedly toward God, to keep the main thing, the main thing, to live your life actually searching for God because you will find him and no good thing will be kept from you. But even on your weakest day, I want you to know that the gospel is not that you would look for God, but that he has always been looking for you. Jesus looks for lost coins. You might be a lost coin. You might be in the couch cushions. Like right now, that might be the metaphor for your life. You are the lint in the coin and the couch cushions. And here's what I want you to know. God will tear the house apart to find you, you know? And you might be the lost sheep. Super, super, sheep are super dumb. 
They're the dumbest farm animal. And they die so easily. They're shepherds on the second row. Am, am I right? Yes, I'm confirmed. Confirmed. Look, and you might, you might take off, you know, and, and this might be the metaphor of your life, like that you've left the community. You've left the, the, the safety of the community. Here's what I want you to know this morning, that the shepherd will leave the safety of the community to go find you and he will put you on his back and he will carry you back. And if you were ever told that the shepherd breaks the sheep's leg, if you were ever told that, I just want you to know that's not true. <laughs> Shepherds didn't do it and he won't do that. Like he just picks you up and takes you back, right? Why? Because God is looking for you. And maybe, you, maybe you've been a wayward son or maybe you've been a wayward daughter. Maybe you've squandered some stuff in your life. Uh, let's just call it like squandered chances. Maybe you had a lot of potential and now you're like, now you're like 37 and you're hitting a wall or maybe you're 55 and you got some regrets and you're like far from the Lord and you're just eating the pig slop of worldliness, right? And you're thinking, well, maybe I'll just go back to church. I won't, even, I won't even be a good Christian. I'll just go back to church so I could at least have a friend. And I just want you to know, like on your way back, your father has been looking for you and there is a party set aside for you. God is searching for you. I want to invite you to search for God, but the good news is that even on your weekdays and even when you can't, God is looking for you. God is looking for you. God is looking for you. That is the good news this morning. So here's what I want to do today. If you're on the band, come on up. And for everyone else in the room who's not on the band, <laughs> random people are just going to come up and just like... This is my chance. Taylor, get out of the way. What key are we in, Glenn? Uh, for everybody else in the room, I want to invite you to wholeheartedness. I want to invite you to live with passion towards God this morning and in this, in this next season. Sometimes we have to go back and go, you know what? I'm going to keep the main thing the main thing. I'm going, to give, I'm going to give some of my best heart energy to finding God, to, to, to being near to him, to being close to his presence. Things happen in your life when you live in this direction. And some of us here are like, man, I am not satisfied. Like I have a career. I've got a ton of money. I've got a nice house. I have children. All the things that I pursued and wanted and was looking for when I was younger, I found it and I am not satisfied. Here's what I want to tell you. You won't be satisfied until you lay hold of God. You will not be satisfied. He is the river of life. There are streams of living water that he has to give. You don't have to thirst. It's John chapter four. He's got a well that you don't even know about. He's got buckets that you can't even see. And he wants to feed you and he wants to satisfy you. I want to invite this church to living wholeheartedly towards God again. So if, if you would, why don't you stand? I'm going to pray. And then we're going to do the next things. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.